You're listening to The Riverwalk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, the Heartbroken series continues, and we're going to talk about another reason our heart breaks, probably the worst reason, and that's when we just blow it, when we mess up and come into grips with our own humanity. We're going to look at the example of Peter, how he overcame that heartbreak when he just blew it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Bible this morning. Find the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to look in Luke chapter 22 in a little bit. (coughs) Several weeks ago, the beginning of February, I said that we were going to start studying the brokenhearted. For the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I wrote down four examples I wanted to use. So today may be the last. There's another one I'm kind of thinking about and come next week to see if we talk about that or not. But there's a broken heart that I just think we need to talk about this morning, the broken heart of Peter. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But after thinking this week, who could have dreamed whenever I began this, the broken hearts that we would see over the last week? I mean, this last week has just really hit home. Our our hearts were broken about the news of Brother Bill, about the news of of Trey passing away, a young man in a car wreck. And even this morning, another young man passing away in a car wreck. Two two cancer diagnoses with with two young people. And broken hearts just happen all the time for all kinds of different reasons. Maybe that's the reason God put this on my heart for this month. We began looking in Acts chapter 20 about uh, our hearts breaking over relationships ending. A lot of relationships ended this last week. That happened in in Acts chapter 20. Paul was leaving and the Ephesians church's heart broke over that. And everybody here, we have relationships that end and we have relationships with jobs ending and other kind of relationships that end. The enemy loves the brokenhearted. Man, when our hearts break, the enemy comes after us. The next time I spoke, I was out sick a week. But the next time we talked about Nehemiah's heart breaking over the state of his homeland and his people. And we looked at that story and I think we all agreed that, man, our hearts should break as believers over the state of of our country, over the state of our schools, over the state of our jobs, over the state of America, even over the state of some of our churches. And that moved Nehemiah to action and his people got to work with him and they rebuilt the wall. And last week, last week we read about the story of King Josiah, about all the things he did from eight years old and older. And all the things he did, what God looked at the most was the condition of his heart and his heartbreak. And his heart broke when he heard the word read. And we can all agree that when we read the Bible, while it should give us hope, while it should encourage us, the words of the Bible should also make our heart break from time to time. And today, we're going to look at another reason for heartbreak. And I believe it's, it's probably the worst kind of heartbreak. But it's also, I believe, the most important kind of heartbreak. The kind of heartbreak that, that probably matters for us as individuals the most. And that's the heartbreak for ourselves. The heartbreak we we have when we mess up, when we let Jesus down, and we all do. When we screw up, when we blow it, 
It breaks our hearts, and it should break our hearts. And, and we don't talk about this a lot, but I want to tell you this morning, it's possible, possible and probable to be very close to Jesus and be heartbroken at the same time. In fact, I would argue that the closer I get to Jesus, the more my, my heart breaks and the more heartbroken we should be. And we don't like to talk about it, but just because you love Jesus and just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean your heart won't break. As a matter of fact, sometimes you'll be like Paul or Peter we're about to read here. You'll find yourself just miserable. And there's many reasons for that, I would say. But the biggest reason, the biggest reason is because we get close to a perfect Jesus. We kind of look back at ourselves and we realize our own humanity. We realize all that Jesus has done, is doing, and will do for us. And then we realize our shortcomings. And we realize that, man, it breaks our hearts. Being, being human means that we sin. And we do it without even realize it, realizing it. And you'll see Peter did that right here in the passage I'm about to read. But I want to talk to you today about going from a broken heart to a mended heart. And there's such a beautiful picture of that with Peter. Going from tribulation to triumph. And I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't just apply to Christians. It goes for non-believers as well. It's a three-step process of what happened to Peter. You'll see Peter, his heart was so broken. And at the end of the story, his heart was full. He went from being just... Uh, a man in tribulation to a man of triumph. And I want you to get to that place this morning if you're heartbroken. For any reason, for any of the reasons we've read, I want you to leave here with a full heart this morning. And I want you to know that, that while your heart can break for many reasons, I believe your heart can only be mended. And your heart can only be full by going to Jesus. The story we're going to read begins in Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Now, what has happened here? What has happened? This is, this, we're getting close to when we're about to celebrate Easter. Jesus is about to be crucified. And hours before this, they sat at the Lord's Supper table. And Jesus predicted to Peter, one of his closest followers, that he was going to deny him three times. Peter, being the man he was, saying, No, not I, Lord. I'm not going to do it. No way would I do such a thing. But Peter's humanity overcomes him, and without even realizing it, he does just what Jesus said he would do. And it begins in Luke chapter 22, verse 54. It says, Having arrested him, Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. It's denial number one. And after a little while, another one saw him and said, You are also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. It's denial number two. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're saying. That's denial number three. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, 
how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Verse 62. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. He went out and at this point I just see Peter with a broken heart. He realized that, hey, I'm human and I just blew it. I just messed up. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Let's talk about Peter. Who was Peter? Who was Peter? This is Peter. This is the one that actually walked on water when nobody else would. This is the one that, that loved Jesus so much. This is the one that first called Jesus the Christ before anybody else. He said, you're the Christ. This is the one that Jesus called blessed. This is the one that said, on this rock, Peter, I'll build my church. Jesus told this to Peter. And there, there's a lesson in this church. If Peter, if Peter can mess up, if Peter would deny Jesus, if Peter can mess up like this, then you can too. It doesn't matter whether you're a new believer. It doesn't matter if you're Billy Graham or the Pope. We all sin and we all have to deal with it. And you get a picture here of what sin does to us. Sin just makes us miserable and it breaks our heart. That's the human condition. What happened to Peter right here? I believe, I, I just picture Peter and I picture that cock crowing, but something else. It says the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you just imagine the you deny Jesus that third time and then you look over and you see Jesus about to be crucified and coming face to face, eye to eye with Jesus. Can you imagine the conviction he must have felt? And man, I would have went out and wept bitterly too. But conviction, conviction is something that happens to us all. It should happen to us all. I come to church to be lifted up and I come to church to feel good and I read my Bible for those things too, but I also... I also rely on it to be convicted because when I come face to face with Jesus, the closer I get to Jesus, the more convicted I get. Church, I want to tell you, conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is a good thing. It's a necessary thing. If, we, if we're not convicted, we can't get forgiveness. We can't ask forgiveness of a sin we're not convicted of. We can't overcome sin if we're not convicted of it. What was Peter convicted of here? I, we say, oh, I would never, ever, I would never do what Peter did here. Is that true? Is that true? I see Peter doing a, a few things, even though he only denied him three times. There's several things that happen in these verses. First off, first off, right off the bat, he lied. He just lied. He, he knew Jesus. These people knew he knew Jesus. And he said, no, I don't know him. Three times, he just flat out lied. And I want to tell you this morning, so many of us here, whether it's coming out of our mouth or whether we are living it, we're lying too. We're lying to a world living like we don't know Jesus. We leave here on Sunday morning and if you look at our lives versus somebody else in the world that doesn't know Jesus, it's hard to tell the difference. And I want to tell you, when, when you're faced with that, when Jesus looks at you eye to eye, that leads to a miserable life and that should break our hearts. This is really what we would call a white lie. He just said, I don't know him. I mean, that's not a big deal, right? But it is a big deal. It was a big deal to Peter, and it should be a big deal to us. It's a lie nonetheless. It doesn't matter. <coughs> Excuse me. It doesn't matter who you're lying to. It doesn't matter what you're lying about. It doesn't matter the reason behind the lie. Sin is sin, and it leads to more sin. That first lie led to another lie, led to another lie, and it led to him 
being face to face with Jesus, being convicted of his sin of lying. But more than that, more than that, he lied to these three people. But who else did he lie to? Go back and think. He, he lied to Jesus. Remember, he told Jesus, I'm not going to deny you. I would never do that. But guess what? He lied to Jesus. And we say, oh, we never lie to Jesus. But I want to remind you this morning, especially Christians, Christians in particular, when you gave your life to Jesus, wherever it was, whether it was at home by your bedside, whether it was with a friend or whether it was at the altar, you gave your life to Jesus. You essentially made a promise to Jesus. What was that promise? You made a promise to take up your cross and follow Him. And every single time you don't do that, you're guilty of lying to Jesus as well as others. Peter had made that promise. Peter said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And here, he didn't do that. Church, every time we make a conscious decision to go against Jesus, every time we don't pick up our cross and follow Him, we're essentially doing the same thing. Why would He do that? There's a third sin He committed. And it's just amazing how you can spot these out when you get to looking. He did all this without even realizing it. He committed the sin of pride. Here in these verses, you see that Peter... He cared more about himself than about Jesus. In this moment, he thought more about his life than about Jesus' life. He thought his life was more important than Jesus' life. The book of Romans tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And church, I want to tell you, you're committing the sin of pride every time you put yourself above Jesus. And once again, Peter did it here without even knowing it. And I submit to you this morning that many of us today, we do it without even knowing it as well. We think that, that our income is more important than Jesus. We think that, that our sports are more important than Jesus. We think that our habits are more important than Jesus. Man, just, just think about it. If, if everybody that calls themselves a Christian loved Jesus as much as they love ball... If everybody loved Jesus as, as much as they loved hunting or fishing, as much as they loved shopping, as much as they loved Santa Claus, can you just imagine what a different world it would be? But we don't do that. We don't do that. We put our wants and our needs ahead of God's needs. Oh, oh we can't come to church in the rain. But if I got tickets to watch LSU, even if it's a blizzard or if it's a hurricane, I'm going to be there. Listen. That's caring more about your needs than about what Jesus wants for your life. Not only that, man, Peter, in this moment, he committed the sin of not loving God. Remember what Jesus said was the most important commandment? He quoted in Deuteronomy, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Paul, um, Peter wasn't doing that here. He didn't show the love that God commands. If Peter had had a love for Jesus like he said he did, Peter would have said, yes, I know him. Yes, I know him. I absolutely know him. He, I, think about this. How many of you love your children? How many of you would deny your children? I wouldn't deny my son Jeremiah. I wouldn't deny my daughter Esther. I wouldn't deny my wife Carissa. I wouldn't deny that I'm a member at Beth River Baptist Church. I wouldn't deny I'm a Baptist. But here in this moment, Peter 
denies Jesus, and that shows that Peter did not have a love for God like he said he did. Oh, church, don't live a life where you're denying Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. He wasn't ashamed to die for you. And here, all this happened in just the blink of an eye. And I want to tell you this morning, just like Peter, everyone gets convicted. The Holy Spirit does that. Conviction isn't a bad thing. Christians get convicted from the inside out, and the lost get convicted from the outside in. But here's the question this morning. If you're here this morning and, and you're past a certain age, you know, children, they, I don't believe children knows about conviction yet. But there comes a point in your life when you know the difference between right and wrong. There comes a point in your life where you know that you messed up. There comes a point in your life where you can be like Peter and your heart can break because, hey, you messed up. But the question is this morning is not if you get convicted. The question is this morning is what do you do with that conviction? What do you do when your heart is broken like Peter's was here? Because I tell you this morning, being broken hearted stinks. It's horrible. I mean, there's nothing worse than being broken hearted to me. No one wants to be broken hearted. What can you do to mend that broken heart? You can do many things. Many things you can do to get rid of a broken heart. A lot of people try to drink that broken heart away. I'm just going to drink it away. And that will make you forget about it for a little while. But eventually, morning comes. Then you've got a broken heart and a headache. That makes it even worse. Maybe you want to go to the gun range and, and you want to shoot that broken heart away. Like there's anything wrong with that, but guess what? That, that broken heart's still going to be broken. Maybe you want to do like, like me and Jim or Enon if he was home, and you want to get on the motorcycle and just ride that heartbreak away and stop thinking about it. Once again, that might help, but the heart still stays broken. Maybe you want to do like, like Bubba or, or Larry. And go fish it away. Go get out on the water and feel the wind in your face. It's great, great, but, but the sin remains and the heart stays broken. So what does Peter do? What does Peter do? Turn over uh, a book to John chapter 21. There's an account that John makes in John 21. And, and you get a beautiful picture of what Peter did. How Peter overcame that heartbreak. What do you do with the conviction? I think we've established this morning that everybody gets convicted. And everybody deals with it in a different way. But there's only one right way to deal with it. And Peter gives a perfect example. And Peter goes from a heartbroken man to a man whose heart is full. And in John chapter 21 verse 7. Peter's heart begins to heal. You see it says, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter... It is the Lord. So they're in a boat. And John, this is the disciple that Jesus loved, John. He said, it's the Lord. There's Jesus. Now when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. They're in the water. And they see Jesus. And Peter didn't walk on water this time. He just jumped in. He could not wait. He threw himself into the water. And he took it to Jesus. Listen, church, I just want to tell you this morning, take your heartbreak to Jesus and don't wait. Don't wait. Take, put your coat on and go to Jesus. 
the end of the service, if your heart's broken, man, take it to Jesus. Bring it to the altar. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. But take it to Jesus. You ain't got to take it to the Pope. You ain't got to take it to the pastor. You don't have to take it to a parent. Take it to Jesus. And I don't know all the conversation that took place. But you see, in verse 16, part of the conversation that happens is Jesus and Peter talking. It says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. He went to Jesus. Somewhere in here, I believe Peter just confessed it. And I, I believe that when Peter said that, Lord, you know all things, Jesus knew he was heartbroken. And Jesus Jesus restored Peter in these verses. You know, personal heartbreak leads to confession. If your heart's really broken, personal heartbreak leads to confession. Conviction leads to confession if you want to get rid of it the right way. He didn't wait to take it to the Lord. He took it to the Lord. Personal heartbreak, I mean real personal heartbreak. Not heartbreak over the nation, not heartbreak over a relationship. Your heartbreaking over yourself means admitting that me, myself, and I screwed up. You guys that are married and you women too, let me tell you something. It's, it's a good thing if you go to your wife or you go to your husband and you say, Hey, I messed up. It was me. I need your forgiveness. I messed up. Let me tell you something. In these verses, Peter, the devil didn't make him do it. It was not peer pressure. It wasn't anybody else's fault but his. And let me tell you something, church. Your humanity, it's not anybody else's fault but yours. I confess it. I admit it. And my heart is breaking over. When is the last time that you've done such a thing? Ever? Have you ever done such a thing? There's one or two reasons for that. Either your heart's never broken... Or you're mending it the wrong way. If you want your heart to be mended, then you've got to come to a point and just say, Hey, Lord, I blew it. I've messed up and I want you to mend my heart. You've got to, conviction's got to lead to confession if you wanted it mended. It's interesting in this. Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. One time for every time he sinned by denying Jesus. Just like the Ephesian church, just like Nehemiah, just like Josiah. And here, true confession or repentance usually brings tears. I mean, you see again in, in verse 17 that he was grieved. He was grieved. Listen, true, true repentance, true confession, it usually brings tears. That is true confession. When was the last time that you truly confessed to Jesus your humanity, that you truly confessed to Jesus your sin? Jesus already knows. Peter said that, Lord, you know all things. He knows, but He wants your confession. He wants to hear from you. He doesn't want to hear some generic recited prayer. He doesn't want to hear you repeat something. He wants serious, true confession. He wants, he wants you to cry out to Him. He wants you to take it to Him. 
Here's the most beautiful part of this. Confession brings restoration. Listen, as a Christian, when you blow it, and you will, Jesus can bring you back to where you once were even better. He can make you even better than you were before, but He's not going to do it without confession. He's not going to do it without you asking. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins one to another. It's the same thing in a marriage. It's the same thing in a church. It's the same thing in a friendship. Listen, I believe some of our best friends, our husband and our wives, they're willing to forgive us, but they're not going to do it without you saying, Hey, I messed up. I blew it. And when that happens, man, if you get to experience that, that's like lifting a weight over your chest. It's like saying, hey, it's done. And Jesus did that with Peter. And not only did he do that, he promised Peter better things to come. He also promised him that you follow me, you're going to encounter some, some more heartbreak. You follow me, it's going to result in your death. That ended up happening to Peter. But Peter didn't care at this point. Peter's heart was broken. Peter's heart was mended. And he knew what a great Savior he, he had. And he followed Jesus. That was the last thing that, that Jesus told him was to follow me. If you get convicted and you confess it, then I want to encourage you this morning to follow Jesus wherever he goes. And Peter did that. Then the third part of this this morning is profession. And look over in Acts now. Let's over one more book in Acts chapter 2. And this is really, really interesting to me. Peter is restored. The Holy Spirit comes down. And who's preaching but Peter? Who's preaching but the one that let Jesus down? Who's preaching but the one who was weeping over this? Now Peter has a chance to get up and to share the gospel. And they listen to him. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 37, 37 it says when they heard this, what happened to the people? They were cut to the heart. A heartbroken man became a man with a mended heart. Then God used him to break other people's hearts. And when their hearts were broken... They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? I don't want to live with this broken heart. I know I've messed up. I've come to grips with my humanity. I know who Jesus is. I know who I am. And I don't want to live with this broken heart no more. So Peter, you've been there. You've done this. What do I need to do? What do I do? What shall we do? And then Peter says to them like he had been there before. Hey, I've been there and I know what you need to do. Repent. Repent. Confess it. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Because just like I committed the sin of pride, just like I lied, just like I lied to God and I lied to everybody else, confess it. He will forgive you for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. In verse 40 it says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It's a beautiful picture. This is when the brokenhearted finds a Savior. Jesus took a broken, convicted Peter who confessed to Jesus and restored him. And what happened to that man? He professed Jesus and was used by Jesus in a mighty way. He shared what Jesus did and what Jesus could do. And you see the results right here in Acts. 
I believe it, it says with many other words he testified. And I, I believe these many other words. I believe he probably shared the story about that rooster crowing. And I believe he probably said, listen, I was cut to the heart too. And I believe they, they looked at Peter and they said, man, if Peter could be cut to the heart. I see the man he was and I see the man he is. And I don't want to be like the Peter that denied Jesus. I want to be like the Peter that's up there speaking. Listen, confession is good, but there's another step to all this, and it's profession. And that's what Peter was doing here. And that's what he told them to do. He said, profess it, repent, be baptized, and profess it. Show, show the world, don't be ashamed, show the world. That's why we have a public profession of faith. That's why we make it public, because that's what we're commanded to do. Listen, church, God wants to take that burden away. He wants to restore you. Christians and non-Christians alike... He wants to make you the man or the woman He wants you to be. But it's a three-step process. You can't get forgiveness if you don't have conviction. You can't, you can't confess something you're not convicted over. And man, once, once that's gone, once Jesus has came in your life, once He's mended that broken heart, once He's filled that, that hole in your heart that's been there for so long, why in the world wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you profess it? Why wouldn't you be baptized and let the whole world see that, man, the old man, the old woman is gone and I'm somebody new? So many of us, we have broken hearts and we don't even know why. I mean, and Peter, Peter is a perfect example of that of somebody that sinned in the blink of an eye and didn't even realize it until he came face to face with the Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe for the first time you're coming face to face with your own humanity. And listen, I pray you're heartbroken over your condition, but I pray that you don't leave heartbroken. I pray that you leave with a heart full. I pray that you follow through. As I was studying this story, I got to thinking, and I just I picture, you know, in a few weeks we're going to have the, the Lord's Supper. And I picture the men at that table, and I picture Jesus talking to them. And Jesus, really, he, he called out two people. He called out Peter saying he was going to deny him three times. And Peter said, no, not I. Then there was another man there. There was another man there, Judas Iscariot. And Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, did one do worse than the other? I mean, let's be honest. Did one do worse than the other? One sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And then you've got one, Peter, who claimed to love Jesus more than anybody else. Peter lied to Jesus' face. At least Judas kind of owned up to it. And, and y'all know the story. They were both heartbroken. They were both heartbroken. But what's the difference in the story? One bottled it up. One let the enemy take control. And it ended with him hanging himself. Man, it's a horrible picture. I, I believe if, if Judas would have waited, if, if Judas would have took it to Jesus, I believe Judas would have probably been restored. Because Jesus, Jesus is willing to forgive, but he's not going to forgive something you don't take to him. Meanwhile, you've got Peter. Peter did the right thing. Peter let it out. Peter saw Jesus and he took it to Jesus. Listen, don't bottle it up. Don't bottle your broken heart up. Take your broken heart to Jesus and he'll mend it. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood the message. I hope you know that 
If someone like Peter messed up, if his own humanity got in the way of him being the man he wanted to be, and it broke his heart, then it'll probably happen to you too if it hasn't already. And I hope you'll follow Peter's example to mend your broken heart. I hope you won't run to the bottle, you won't run to the pills, but you'll run to Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus can mend a broken heart. I hope you have a great week, and I can't wait to talk to you next Sunday.